Before you jump into this episode, I want to put a date in front of you. Hey, it's Aaron from Real WW Talk. July 7th. Just for a second, I want you to visualize yourself on July 7th. How are you feeling? Do you have more energy? Do you have a brighter outlook? Or do you feel stuck? The time is going to pass anyway, and it's completely within your control how you feel in just a few short weeks. And as you come up with your goals, the things that you want to do to be feeling your best on July 7th, I want to recommend that you join our next Real WW Talk Step Bet. July 7th is the last day of that step bet. It's actually going to begin on May 27th, Memorial Day. That's an easy day to remember. So download that step bet app, place that $40 bet on yourself for accountability, for your goals, and join us in the real WW Talk Stepping Into Summer step bet. I think you'll be so glad you did. And come July 7th, you'll have an amazing feeling of accomplishment. Use the game code RWWT or look for the link in the show notes. Okay, let's get on to your episode. Welcome to Real WW Talk. It's the podcast of three diverse friends, Candace, Aaron, and Ricky, who are following the WW, formerly Weight Watchers, plan. I'm the Aaron part of the trio, and each week we talk about our health journey on WW, what we've learned, what we struggled with, and what our goals are for the coming week. There's no hiding, no trying to make ourselves better than we are. It's just real talk, because we can't change if we aren't willing to be real about what needs to change. On today's Real WW Talk, you know, when we start working on a healthier lifestyle, we notice how attached we are to food. It's entertainment. It's comfort. It's fun. So this week, we talk about overcoming our attachment to food. Are you ready? Let's talk. Well, hi there. Welcome to Real you talk. I'm Erin. And I'm Ricky. And you'll notice that we are missing Candice this week, but she is enjoying vacation, some time yeah. away with her hubby and her little boy. And we hope that she is relaxing and having a fabulous time. Yes. And what does she always say when she goes uh, on her vacation? She gets these um, barbecue sandwiches, Pierce's barbecue sandwich. So I know that that's on the <laughs> vacation isn't always about the food, but I know that's one on the bucket list for her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and making some good memories. Of course. Well, how are you doing, Ricky? It's been a couple, it's been a couple weeks because I have been down for the count around I here. I know. I should be asking you how you're doing. <laughs> well, I'm fine telling people I caught the Rona. Um, so I'm, I'm bouncing, I'm bouncing back from it. It's not as bad as it could have been, but you'll hear it in my voice. Um, for sure. (laughs) It is what it is, but here we are. So how are you? What's going on? I'm doing okay. Um, I am officially on summer break, so I'm enjoying some time off. Um, I am doing summer school, but, um, I have a week and a half kind of to myself to just do what I want and relax um, I'm still dealing with my, my gastritis and I, um, sampled a few things this week that, um, were, that were more acidic and just to see how it went and, uh, it, it kind of flared up again. So, mm. uh, kind of back at the point of healing and trying to make sure that I stay away from acidic foods. So that's where mm. I am. What are some foods that you're leaning on right now to, um, to help? Um, I, more salads, more vegetables than I had before getting my water in, um, just basic chicken, <laughs> um, rice, 
I have some salmon in the fridge. I did make a recipe, which I, I can't even remember. I don't think I remember to post this last week, but I brought back the skinny taste um, zucchini taco boats, which um, used to be like a go-to because they have like different, they have the taco one, there's an Italian one, there's all kinds. Um, and it's the, the zucchini is a really good vehicle for um the, the taco filling <laughs> that's low carb. So um, I'll have to post that this week, but that was um, something I did. I, I went back to the basic of um, cooking because I realized I'd been doing a lot of things that were, you know, maybe heating something up in a pan for a few minutes, but not truly like a recipe with um, all the prep. So it was nice to to do that again this week. That's awesome. I love, um, that's a great recipe. I love doing zucchini boats. I've forgotten mm-hmm. about that. And mm-hmm. we're coming up on, um, <clears throat> we're coming up on zucchini season. We just planted, I think we've got six or seven plants in our garden. The rabbits are <laughs> chewing up like crazy. So I'm hoping oh, we no. actually get some zucchini, but I cannot wait for zucchini season and garden season. Like my mm-hmm. mom, we planted potatoes Oh, and we we just pulled a harvest of potatoes. Wow! And this past week was um, Paul, my nephew's sixth birthday, and so we had everybody at the house, and we made potato salad out of the (laughs) potatoes from our garden. (laughs) That is amazing. It was so fun. It was awesome. (laughs) Did you notice the difference between the taste of them versus store bought? Wow! No, no, and I'm like, and they're free from our garden. (laughs) done (laughs) so we've replanted some more so we'll have another harvest in a couple weeks and i'm like that ricky you could do this one you could do this (laughs) i'm telling you we just we put it in one of those um it was a it's in a bucket it's in a container wow so it's perfect for a patio or for someone who has you know like a condo and you think oh i can't Mm -hmm. have any type of a garden Mm -hmm. yep that's good to know. I'll have to try um, that. And listen, depending on your program, a half a cup of potatoes is what, two points or three points. So it's not mm. a bad deal. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, so I wanted something that I was thinking about today um, because I had today off and I realized I got ready to go to Dunkin' Donuts and I was like, I'm going to get myself a drink. And I'm like, why am I going to Dunkin' to get a drink. Mm-hmm. I'm like, because I have today off. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not a reason to go get a drink. Like, why, mm-hmm. why are we doing this? And I realized it was because today was a day off and I just felt like doing something. And to me, mm-hmm. doing something equated getting food. And then I, um, a little bit later in the day, I thought, oh, I'll go to the bubble tea shop. That's a little bit away from me. And I was like, why am I going to the bubble tea shop? Again, mm-hmm. because I'm going to go do something fun and fun equates food. And like, there's a whole world out here, but for me, fun equates getting food. Mm-hmm. And so maybe the topic that I was just kind of thinking about for us is when the relationship with food changes, how we fill that void, do we fill that void? And what does that look like? Because I realize mm-hmm. there are some holes in my life that I used to fill with food And as I've talked about before with the discipline and the consistency, Mm -hmm. I'm trying really hard not to do that. And I know for you right now, you're in a situation where you might do, you might enjoy food for something, but your body is rejecting anything that isn't 
like nutritious based food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you, how are you, how are you feeling that right now? Cause I feel like maybe joy has been taken out of food for you right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a little bit um, because I, I love coffee. Uh, coffee is just something I enjoy so much and not even to the point of addiction. Um, I, I know I was telling you before we got on here, I, um, once I stopped drinking it, I didn't have any withdrawal symptoms. I didn't have headaches or anything like that, but I truly enjoy the taste of coffee. And for me, it's part of my morning routine. I love coffee houses. I love just, I love the smell of it. So not having it. And I think that that is one of the things that I brought back this week to kind of test out. Um, it, it kind of saddens me a little bit and my doctor said it doesn't have to be a permanent thing, but at the same time, just not having it, not making my coffee in the morning at home. It's not even at always about going out. It's just the the routine that I enjoyed. It it ha- does make me feel like something's missing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's been that's been hard. It's relational. It's emotional. It's relational. It's routine. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good word for it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I, I just I've been thinking a lot about that because I realized how much you know, going out to eat or something like that is part of routine. And when we commit to a healthier lifestyle, a lot of our routines have to change. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, actually, let me, let me bounce that back. I just said that our routines have to change. Do our routines have to change? Some of them. I, so for an example, I went to a housewarming this weekend and it was a lot of fun. My friend though, you know, I tend to eat at a certain time <laughs> day and um, it was a Saturday night and she had food, but it wasn't until like 10 o'clock that she served dinner. Like and 10 o'clock at night? Like, yes. <laughs> we're at, uh, 10 o'clock at night, we're in bed. <laughs> right. I'm and not I the person bad. that you want to invite. <laughs> if we're starting <laughs> the party at 10, I'm not there. <laughs> exactly. It was hard to eat a little later because that's the other thing with, um, you know, any type of acid reflux or gastritis, like it's worse at night when you're lying down. So from what I've researched, it's better to like have a hard stop on eating at like six o'clock or, you know, a significant amount of time before you're going to be lying down going to sleep. Um, So I hadn't been eating later. And that was a change, too, because, you know, especially if you're sitting on the couch, it's, it's late at night. Sometimes you just kind of mindlessly want to go to the kitchen for a snack, even if it's a, a healthy snack. Um, sometimes that's a choice that I'll, I would make before. And, and I, that routine had to change. I had to say, okay, six o'clock, not eating anymore. Just water from now on, even if I stay up late watching a movie. Let's take a quick break. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we're the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Wow. Wow. I mean, but that's a, but that right there is a holistic change. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a routine disruptor Mm -hmm. and really creating a new routine, if you will. 
And sometimes I feel like on our health journeys, it feels like we're creating so many new routines that there are times that it almost feels easier to give up, (laughs) you know, because it's just like one more new thing, one more thing. It almost can feel like overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And, but then when you have something like your food allergies or like the gastritis that I'm going to, you don't really have that option unless you want to feel the physical like consequences of discomfort or pain even from making that. So it's like, you still have that feeling of deprivation or feeling of like loss, even though there's nothing you could do, even if your better judgment wants to say, um, I give up, I'm going to have the coffee, whatever it is. You, you don't want to hurt yourself. So you just have to make a different choice. Yeah. Um, the feeling of loss, you just tapped into something because for me, when I was adapting to all of my allergy changes, it, it's definitely, it's definitely a feeling of loss because mm-hmm. I can't go out and eat the same places with my yeah. friends. Or if we go out and eat, I'm literally like eating the same thing all the time. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no joy in eating out like there once was. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, a, there's, there is, there's a big sense of loss when you realize how, how big of a role food plays at holidays. And Mm -hmm. even just when you're busy, you know, when you're busy, you can just go stop at a fast food place, grab lunch and keep going. Mm -hmm. Everything has to be planned out so much. You Mm -hmm. have to know your places of where to go. And it just, it does. It feels like a loss. Now let's say for somebody though, who, they're starting or they're in the middle of their health journey, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe they're feeling lost. They've, they're feeling the loss as well. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they may not have any allergies, what, what's something we could do to encourage them? What are some ways that you've adapted to, to the loss? Because you've been in this space before and I have been in this space prior to allergies, prior to gastritis, mm-hmm. where this journey is a conscious decision Mm -hmm. to give up. Yeah. I think what I've learned is we've said it before and it was, you know, Heather, one of our former coaches who said, you know, feet first and the head will follow. I think sometimes it's doing it, even if you're not happy about it, (laughs) just, you know, you may want to throw a temper tantrum and complain or whatever it is, but just saying, okay, I've made a decision not to have this. I know there's a drive through right there, but I'm choosing not to. And I may feel disappointed in the moment, but that moment will pass. And then on the other side of it, I have the positive reward. Like you said, it's not going to be immediate. The reward from, let's go with the fast food example. The reward from the fast food is immediate because I feel great, but in the long run, it's not a reward. (laughs) It's not doing anything. It's doing the opposite of what I want it to do to my body. So it may feel like a positive thing, but if we can get past that initial discomfort or the initial frustration of not giving ourselves what we want in the moment, we can get past that to a positive outcome that truly makes us feel good and does something positive for our bodies. I was, I think about the lesson, um, I think it was around this time in last year as one of the, the focuses of the workshop. And we've referenced this before talking about the new brain pathways. 
mm. that you have to create these new brain pathways. And they equated it to like a field of high grass and you have to start walking on that high grass and tamping it down. And mm. the more times that you go over that, you start to create that pathway. And mm. when we do things like that, making different food choices, it feels hard at first, right? Trying to tamp down that high grass is mm-hmm. really effortful because you got to lift your legs up so high. But then the next time you pass over it, well, there's less that you have to do. And then the next mm-hmm. thing you know, you've walked that same pathway so much, you've worn it down to the dirt. The grass doesn't even exist. Yeah. And to me, that's, that's it, that is those first initial times of saying no, those are effortful. Mm-hmm. They feel like deprivation. But the mm-hmm. more that we keep saying no to these one thing so that we can say yes to something else, right? Whatever our goal is. And I think that's, I think that's the thing for me that I always have to keep in mind is I'm not just saying no, actually Mm -hmm. what I'm doing is I'm saying yes. So what is it that I'm saying yes to? And is this Mm -hmm. yes worth what I'm doing? Why I'm saying this no, because I'm saying this no for a reason. Right. I'm not saying no, just because I'm saying no. So I can say yes for a different reason. And that other reason has to be the thing that pulls me forward to make this no worthwhile. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I'm not going to feel that deprivation in the moment. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to feel uncomfortable, yeah. but at an eventual point, I'm going to feel happy with the yes. Mm-hmm. That's true. I I think about social situations again and how we can often say no to things and have people, you know, make comments or or things that make us feel uncomfortable, like those food pushers or those drink pushers. I, um, again, was at this housewarming and I I enjoy having a glass of wine. I'm not like a, a big drinker, but I like having a glass of wine here and there. And that's something I really haven't been able to have with, um, with the gastritis. So I was tempted. I was like, well, what if I just try it? I knew out of all the things I could have or or try, that's probably the worst one to, um, to throw into my esophagus right now. So I, I said no. And then someone was like, what, you're not going to have, you know, and it's almost like the food pushers. There's always going to be someone who, makes you feel bad. And um, it's hard. I want to ask the same question to you because in that situation, like we're in where there might be like a food or a drink where we absolutely can't have, it's easy to say no, because I don't have another choice. Mm -hmm. But how do you think you would advise someone who's maybe newer in the program or in the middle of the program and they're facing that temptation between like, this is what I want I'm telling myself I'm not going to have it, but then there's people who are, you know, encouraging me or making me feel bad about my choice not to. Yeah, I I would say one that's a muscle that has to be built mm-hmm. over time, and it's also really hard not to react with offense. Mm-hmm. Too, um, I would just I'll just put that out there, and yeah. so you'll know going into it, it's probably going to happen. So already having some things programmed in your mind of how you want to respond because you're going to say no, and then they'll come, they'll swing back around and they'll, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll keep pushing and pushing. And so it's learning how to build that muscle to say no, but I would just say, why are you turning down the food? Why are you turning this particular piece of food down at this Mm -hmm. moment? Um, And so 
maybe to go back to what I was saying a couple of minutes ago, you're saying no to this so that you can say yes to what? Mm-hmm. Um, and really examining that way personally for me, where I'm in, in my journey, if somebody was to offer me a gluten-free, dairy-free slice of cake, I probably would say yes to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but let's say, let's say this is Aaron pre, um, you know, pre, pre, um, what are they called? Food allergies, pre-food allergies, mm-hmm. right? Um, there are times when I would practice what I would call donut sobriety. <laughs> I think I've <laughs> talked about this before, right? Yes. But like I had a, I had a real problem. I had a real problem with donuts. Like it was a thing. <laughs> it sounds so stupid now when I talk yeah. about it, but it was like donuts and fast food were like, that was a real issue for me. And, mm-hmm. um, I realized that was holding me back from, from, do, from doing some things because, mm-hmm. um, I was obsessive about it. And I had to practice what I called donut sobriety and fast food sobriety because mm-hmm. I needed to start, I needed to be eating better foods for myself. And, and there were times where I would go to something and I'm like, okay, I really can't eat cake here. And it's not because I can't eat it. See, you can do that on WW. You can mm-hmm. have cake, you can have all of the things, right? You just track it. Um, we should not live in fear of any type of food. I very firmly believe that. But there might be times where we we may want to practice like a food sobriety on something because we know that if we eat this, it's going to lead, it's going to lead to other things that aren't helping us in our journey. And so maybe Mm -hmm. for a small period of time, pizza or fast food or some other things we've got to set to the side so that we can develop a better taste palate. Um, So I would just say, before you say no, why are you saying no? And being clear on what your no is and why Mm -hmm. they don't have to know it. And no is a complete answer. I learned Mm -hmm. that from my friend to Sarah. No is a complete answer. You don't owe Mm -hmm. anyone an explanation. And you can literally just say, because I'm not going to. And if they push, Mm -hmm. you just repeat the same answer. No, because I don't Mm -hmm. want it. It it feels unfathomable to other people because you're there in this party atmosphere. But I watched my (laughs) friend Dave do this. Dave Mm -hmm. doesn't want something. He's not going to eat it and he won't. And he'll sit at a table happily with a boiled egg and a carton of yogurt, happy Mm -hmm. as a lark while everybody else is eating pizza and stuff. He's like, Mm -hmm. no, because I don't want that. I want this. I'm like, okay, that's Dave. And and the reason that, yeah. And the reason that someone else is pushing that on you doesn't have anything to do with you. It, it has to do with them and their own discomfort with you making a different choice. Maybe they said yeah. they weren't going to eat pizza or they weren't going to have two slices or whatever it is. And you sitting there having the egg and the yogurt <laughs> makes them feel bad about their own, you know, not sticking to their own choices that they originally planned. So yes. I think that helps too, knowing it's, it's not about me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. You know, I think the other part, I think that there's another layer to it, um, which I wish Candace was here because we talked about this in one of the meetings and she did not like when I said this, Uh but it was um, about people don't believe us because Mm, we've spent so much time yo-yoing. They've watched us yo-yo back and forth. Mm -hmm. And it's all about building a consistent habit of having them see that we're serious about this way of life. And saying no to cake doesn't necessarily say that we're serious about this, you know, way of life because eating the cake could be like, yeah, look, I'm doing this in freedom, right? Mm-hmm. But it there is a layer of, I don't want to be here at one thing and then say no to the cake and then go off the rails at another party. 
And I'll have mm-hmm. had someone inconvenience themselves for me because they've tried to do all of these extra foods. I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that. I'm eating all of this. You know, like I just, I want to get to a place of evenness when yeah. it comes to some of those things. But how, like, so how about, how about you? Because I know you face a lot of that with the schoolroom, mm-hmm. right? And there's always the treats in the schoolroom. There's always stuff, you know, I think teachers, I think teachers have a, a, a whole teachers and nurses because everything I hear are like the nurses room and the teachers room are mm-hmm. always filled with stuff. It's terrible. Um, and it's hard because it really depends on my mood, the time of day. There's times I've gone in there looking, hoping, <laughs> please let there be a cupcake on the table. <laughs> like, um, And there's other times where I've passed by a pile full of chocolate 10 times a, in a day and um and not picked it up so it it depends on i think my mood and my mindset in that moment because it can be perfectly fine and then somebody can do something to frustrate me and it's not that it's their fault but i might be in a different mindset (laughs) when i go buy the chocolate again so i've i have had to um put in a few different um supports like you know I know that if I'm going to go in and lunchtime, there'll be other people there. I eat lunch with the same people. And some of them know that I'm trying to work on being healthier and making healthier choices. So if they see me picking up the chocolate on the table, they'll look at me. I actually had um, one of my wonderful coworkers. I got a chocolate bar from the vending machine at a time. She happened to not be in the, in the room and she passed by me and saw it. She said, let's split that. Okay. <laughs> and it was her very kind way of saying, I'm going to, this is how I'm going to help you. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to, um, you know, tell you you're wrong or you shouldn't have done that. I'm going to support you by saying, okay, you want a chocolate? That's fine. Let's split it. You don't have to have the whole candy bar. And she didn't say it like that, but that accountability um, adds a whole nother layer of, support. And I think I'd encourage anyone who's in that situation to have those people there. Cause sometimes you're mad that you see them. It's like, man, I almost got down the hallway without her seeing me. But at the end, I was so glad that, that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm hearing from you is that the accountability and the support of other people choosing to sit with people at lunch. Mm-hmm. It's when it's when you're by yourself Yeah, is where is where things can, can get in trouble. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like and Hyde. it's like, I have to protect myself from the other side of me. <laughs> Cause that, the, the side of me that the one the vending machine, when I was by myself, it was planned. I was like, okay, I don't think she's going to be in the lounge right now. Let me run in and get this. And it's sneaky, but I know that the other side of me said to that person and said to my accountability friends, like, Hey, I'm trying to work on this. I'm trying to decrease my sweets and all of this. So it, it's like one side of me is saying those things. It's a protective thing to protect me from myself. It's not anyone else who's done it, you know. Mm-hmm. Isolation, I think, is the most dangerous part of the journey. Yes. Because then it's it it's in isolation where mm-hmm. we either we'll convince ourselves of untrue things. And I think this is it for anything. Um, when, you know, I think I've talked to us before having battled depression, mm-hmm. isolation is the worst thing in the world for depression. Like you want to be able to kind of crawl off into a corner 
and you don't want to engage with anybody because you don't have the energy, but it's in the isolation where, you know, your, your brain will start telling you the wrong things about yourself mm. and maybe even convince you to do something that you, you wouldn't do if you were with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so accountability yeah. and being with others, I think is an important part, even of just this health journey. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially if we're in the stage where we're fighting, we're fighting against ourselves. You said that Jekyll and Hyde thing. I'm like, that's like me and donut sobriety. Uh huh. Like, that's how I felt. Like it was this Jekyll and Hyde thing. Like one minute I'm okay. And then the next I'm like, I've got, like, I need the donuts and like, I'm a whole different person. It's so mm -hmm. weird. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think about all the times that I have gained weight and it first, I mean, it started in high school, but I think it was also a time um, where I was, you know, learning that time. It was like, I just didn't know mm -hmm. um, like what, what was good, what a good portion was. But then the next time that I gained the weight, it was college there. And that was like, when you talk about isolation, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was away from home. I was five hours away. I was meeting new people. I was lonely. I had lost a family member at that time. I gained the freshman 50 and, you know, not 15, five zero in that time. And that was, you know, I, I've made other connections to the loss and to the depression, but I think the isolation too of, you know, not having the same friends, family wasn't nearby and I think about when I moved out for the first time into my first apartment, I gained then too. And I've never made that connection before, but mm -hmm. I mean, you really hit the nail on the head with that, that, that isolation. What if, so I, so I have two thoughts on the isolation. What if one Weight Watchers, WW, I should say, here's the cool thing about WW where it is right now is mm -hmm. it's quote unquote, impossible to be isolated now because we have connect and there are friendships that can be built on connect and accountability that can be built through connect and, mm -hmm. um, through the meetings, through the online meetings. So you can be as known or anonymous as you, as you'd like. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then of course there are the in-person meetings. If you choose to do that, a part of your, as part of your subscription. Mm -hmm. So you have the ability to be known and to be able to form accountability partners and golly inside of the real WW talk Facebook group. And um, we have people who are making accountability partners within the Facebook group. There's 3,800 people in the group. Surely you can find one, <laughs> right? Yeah. And if you want one, just put in the group, Hey, I'd love an accountability partner and see mm -hmm. people will respond. And that's, that's amazing. So we have to work for that though. Mm -hmm. We do have to work for accountability. And yeah. I think, I do think that there's the fear of we'll get turned down if we ask for help that we'll get turned down mm -hmm. because we've been turned down other times. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's a way forward for us. Mm -hmm. And those are opportunities. And we do have to take that little, that little step forward. Um, I love that you said that. Um, so uh, I went to Gigi's coach Gigi's meeting. I, she's one of my favorite coaches and um she this week one of the members shared i forgot where she lives but um they were closing down the closest center to her mm -hmm. and she was really concerned about her progress because the next closest center after this one closes would be i think over an hour away so Gigi said put in the chat where you are you know 
and in this group, we'll, we'll find someone who can put that post on Connect and find someone. So maybe you can alternate driving with, in, with them and you can coordinate, you know, going together and then going grocery shopping or something like that. So um, that is so important. I think there are people who, even within the meeting rooms, uh, the virtual meeting rooms now are able to, even if there's some people in Miami and some people in Ohio, like make those connections and, mm-hmm. and build accountability, friendships and partnerships. I think about um, Ashley and Jennifer from mm-hmm. our group um, who yeah. met each other within the meeting space, but then they mm-hmm. met, they um, met a whole host of people through Connect Mm-hmm. And it was at Ashley's birthday, I think, that they all flew in for her birthday. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And they would have never known each other if not for that Connect community and all, you know, having the same struggles and same excitements and things to share. So, yeah, it's yeah. a great example. Yeah. There's opportunities. There are opportunities everywhere for us to not live in isolation but it mm-hmm. does require us having to take a step forward yeah, to do something about it. And I know that that step forward can feel really scary. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it feels like work and you're doing so many other things that feel like work. Why would you want to do one more thing? But that actually could be the one thing that feels like freedom eventually though. Mm-hmm. Cause I think about our relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that this is a place of freedom for me. Mm -hmm. And that took us in the meeting room, just that little bit of trepidation of like, hi, I'm Aaron. Hi, I'm Ricky. Right. (laughs) Right. And 10 years later, 10 years later, here we are, a Vegas trip and all kinds of things thrown in there. Yeah. (laughs) It really it it is hard. It it's hard to take that first step. You you know, I think we all fear rejection or fear that you know, we're not going to be liked, but once you take that first step and for some people it might even start with sharing their tracker in the group and, or, or just posting to say, hi, I'm a new member in the group. We would love to welcome you. We'd love to see your tracker. We'd love to, you know, whatever accountability people need, that's, that's what we are here for, for Mm -hmm. each other. Yes. So I think that accountability to go back to kind of where we started about the emotional connection with food and the deprivation and those pieces, I think that accountability helps with that Mm -hmm. because to go back to where you were with your being in school and your friendship that you have with people um, sitting at lunch together, you guys Mm -hmm. working together, all of a sudden the focus shifts away from food to the friendship. It shifts to mm-hmm. people and people are more important than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where conversations are built and that's where love is built, you know, mm-hmm. through, through words and through the conversation. And that, that takes, that takes the focus in this intense. Um, I don't know, but do you know what I mean? Like when you're like, I call it an obsession, like this intense mm-hmm. obsession around food, mm-hmm. like this, like I can't get it out of my mind kind of thing. All of a sudden mm-hmm. it starts to fade away because it becomes less important because you yeah. have people that you're interacting yeah. with. So maybe on those moments where we feel like we have such an emotional attachment to food, really what that is, is that's a cry for an emotional attachment to people mm-hmm. that we're using food to fill a void that really only interaction with other humans mm-hmm. can fill, or maybe an interaction with nature or, you know, finding, finding something outside of food 
Because mm-hmm. if hunger isn't the problem, food isn't the solution. Yeah. I think sometimes, you know, the it's the inward problem. It's like I am focused too much on my me, me, me. What do I want? What does my body want? My, my, my flesh wants this. I want candy. I want, you know, it's like we're internally just a five-year-old who's like, this is what I want. I'm going to go get it. I'm going to, this is yep. what I want right now. I want it now. <laughs> and it's kind of like, okay, well, what else is going on in the world? Like you're saying, like there's, there's wars going on in the world. There's, you know, even just in, right in front of our doorstep, maybe there's somebody's cat is missing and they need help walking around the neighborhood looking for it. Like there's so many things externally. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about with the relationships and things that if we open our eyes to what's going on, and it goes back to the boredom a little bit too, or or even depression. It's like I'm focused on what I don't have, or I'm focused on what I am I have nothing to do. Let me do this. If I look at outside of myself, there's probably something I can do to help someone else or something I can do to um, you know, not to say we're distracting from our problems or we're not fixing any right. internal things that we need healing for, you know, I'm not saying that, but yeah, there are things externally we can focus on if it is a boredom problem, if it is a, a food craving, can I stop that train of thought and focus mm-hmm. on someone else or something else? Mm-hmm. It's learning the holes that we have and how we actually really want to fill them and mm-hmm. not the way that we've conditioned ourselves to fill them with yeah. food. Absolutely. Yeah. Ooh, good conversation. Yeah. Good conversation. Well, um, next week, hopefully we'll be back with Candace. She'll be back from vacation. And uh, if you want to catch up with us, um, you can always find us inside the Real WW Talk Facebook group. And we're also on Instagram as well. If you want to see what we look like today, I am schlepping it because I went for a walk. But I'm in my <laughs> Everything Hurts and I'm Dying t-shirt and my leopard pants. Fancy. <laughs> so fancy. So fancy. Um, we'd love to see you over on YouTube. And then of course, um, we also have the podcast so you can pop us in your pocket and uh, go for a walk, which is how I listened to you and Candace last week. Um, I put you in my pocket and I went for a walk and heard all your thoughts about rest. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. So if you missed the podcast about rest, Listen to last week's podcast, okay? It was because it was That's really good. good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> great conversation. All right. Well, we wish you a great week on plan. And um, you know, do the keep doing the hard work that you're already doing and thinking about thinking about the holes that we're using food to fill that they shouldn't fill. And um, I don't know, journaling is also a really great thing to do too. Some quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Get yep. those out. <laughs> yep. It's hard work, but it's worth it work. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.